times I've spoken, this will be the third, we were talking about body, soul, and spirit. And um, understanding that God is, we are born again with an incorruptible seed. Our spirit is made alive unto God. And in Ephesians, it says your spirit has been sealed unto the day of redemption. But it also says don't be conformed to the world in Romans, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may go on and prove the good, the acceptable, the perfect will of the Lord. And that our, while our spirit is sealed and saved, that our minds have to be renewed continually and allow the, the word of God to renew our minds, transform the way we think. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, and we also have a body that we walk around in that uh, has, a certain, has certain desires. So the soul, the spirit, your spirit is completely set apart unto God. But your soul realm, your mind, your will, your emotions has been living in the earth realm for as many years as you walked the earth before you got saved. And it developed a way of thinking, of des desires. And uh, God says you want to renew your mind. You want to allow the Holy Spirit to transform the, the way you think in, so that we can agree with our spirit and agree with the Holy Spirit that's in us. <clears throat> so today I want to talk about walking in the spirit. And just uh, before I do, just a quick, quick, quick recap. Um, I'm going to set my timer so that I uh, don't over overrun here. Praise the Lord. Um, So two weeks ago, I talked about how do we release the mind of Christ. I said the, the first and foremost is studying the word of God. The word of God, we need, each of us needs to be in a regular Bible reading plan. I, I say that because from personal experience walking with the Lord 30 years, when I don't have a plan on how I'm going to read the Bible, I don't read as often or as much as I should or I, I desire to. When I'm on a plan, it keeps me on track. I personally try to read the Bible through in a year. Now, a lot of people start on a Bible reading plan in a year, and then they fall behind, and they get frustrated, and then they quit. The thing is not to quit. Even if you fall behind, just pick up where you were and keep going. But have a plan to read through the Bible. If, even if it takes you two years, read through the Bible. Don't quit. Don't quit. That's... You know, uh, I remember Misty Edwards singing, you know, and saying, listen, if you don't quit, you win. There's, there's something about perseverance in God. Go in the long haul, not, you know, allowing a, a stumble or a fall to define you, but get up. It says the righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets up again, and you keep going hard after God. We win if we just keep getting up and keep going after the Lord. Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget what's behind me, and I press on to the mark, to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. When he said, I forget what's behind me, it's not just, it's not the falls. It, it, it is the falls, but it's also the victories. You, we can't live in the past. We have to constantly be pressing on to, to the Lord. We have to be constantly pressing into Jesus. Anytime we start to rest and get complacent, where you're just like a sitting target for the enemy. 
You know, I think in war, it's like they tell you to keep moving, you gotta weave, and don't run in a straight line, it's easy to pick you off. Well, I think with the enemies, we have to keep moving toward Jesus. Anytime that we sit back and rest, you, you, you just, you, you become like a target for the enemy. Your mind starts to wander, and, and <clears throat> we have to be constantly filling our minds, filling our hearts with the things of the Lord. The way to do that is we need to study the word. We need to get the word down inside us. I was so blessed by the testimony that Ruth and Kenny just gave. Ruth was going into the hospital to give birth in the midst of the height of the COVID epidemic when people were totally petrified. There was no treatments out there. All you heard was death. It, it, today, we're still in the height of a pandemic, but it's, you're not hearing people dying all the time. It's, it's just different. But back in like March, it was, it was a scary thing. And she was going in to give birth and Kenny wasn't allowed to go in. But what I admired about, like all the circumstances were screaming at her to be scared, to be upset, but she held on to the word of God. There was a scripture in, in Gideon, you know, be, be, be courageous, don't be afraid, you will not die. And, and she held on to the word and allowed that to dictate to her. This is the renewing of the mind. What do you hold on to? in the midst of situations and circumstances that are trying to speak something very negative to you, you we need to hold on to God's word and say, you know, I, I'm going to stand on his word. His word is truth. Even when circumstances are screaming the opposite. When, um, when Israel was coming out of Egypt and going into the promised land, Moses sent 12 spies into the land. They all came back and said, this land is phenomenal. But 10 of the spies said, but there's a problem. There's giants, and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. And they took the heart of courage out of Israel by their words. How do you respond to words that are spoken to you? I mean, we all experience words spoken to us. What happens when you go to a doctor and he tells us, well, you, you have terminal cancer. You, uh, you only have six months to live. Do you just receive that and die? <laughs> Or do you say, no, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I'm healed. I will not receive that report. And you war with the word of God. I mean, what is the higher reality? Is it what God says about you or what the situation and circumstances? I'm not saying to be in denial about, you know, if there's cancer or something, you speak to it. You're commanded to go in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you, and you start speaking the word, the promise, the covenant over our lives. But if you don't have the word of God inside you, then you don't know what to grab onto and what to stand on. His word is a solid rock foundation. Everything else is sinking sand. So we need to get the word of God inside us that our minds are filled with the word of God so it, it can agree with what the Holy Spirit's saying. The Bible says that the spirit bears witness to the truth. And when you need a word, and we've talked about like last week, sometimes you're reading the Bible and a scripture jumps alive at you. That's the Holy Spirit bearing witness and giving you what you need in the season, in the moment. Spoke last week about also praying in tongues. We're a, <coughs> uh, we're a charismatic Holy Spirit church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he gives a prayer language and we're able to speak in other tongues. 
often people just get that and then they leave that gift aside. Yeah, I got tongues and they move on as if it's over. That's just the beginning. If you, Paul said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. You know, and some people take the admonition about praying, you know, like I'd rather say <coughs> 10 words that people can understand than all these words in tongues that no one even understands what you're saying. All right, that's for the corporate gathering. When you're speaking to one another, we, it's better that we prophesy or encourage one another in the Lord than everybody gets together and we all speak in tongues at each other and just like look sideways. Because your spirit prays, your understanding <coughs> is not enlightened but pray in tongues often. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to well up inside of you, and he will bring you into, uh, into amazing understanding of the word. Ask him, God, help me to understand what I'm praying for, but I want to pray according to your will. So we pray in tongues. We want to be single-minded in our devotion, in our purpose. The book of James says the double... Let not, let not the double-minded man think he will receive anything from the Lord, right? If we're double-minded, if we're vacillating back and forth, will we believe God? It's like Elijah <laughs> said, if the Lord is God, serve him. If Baal is God, serve him. Be single-minded in our devotion. What do you believe? Do you believe the word of God is truth? Or do you just believe it's a philosophy of, of men? We need to, to take hold of the word and, and, and not let go of it. Like, you know, Jacob wrestled with the angel. And he said, I won't let go of you until you bless me. And he wrestled all night. And at the end, his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Jacob was the deceiver. He was named, and, he, and his name actually was an outworking of who he was. He deceived his brother. He deceived Laban originally and others. But now it was Israel, which was, you know, a friend of God and man, right? So it's important that we fill our hearts and we, we actually allow the word of God. We wrestle with it and for it to see it manifest. We don't want to be double-minded. Okay, that's my recap. Bless the Lord. Um, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. Galatians 5, 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Let's just stop there. The spirit and the flesh actually operate in polar opposites. The Holy Spirit in your life, your spirit, which has been sealed and is the exact representation of Jesus, right, is at war against other things inside of you, your flesh that has a desire to go the opposite way. It says there's, there's actually, it's, they're contrary to one another. And the way we overcome the desires of the flesh is not to focus on the flesh, but to focus on the spirit. 
And this is, this, is, this is where our victory is. Let's keep reading. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. <clears throat> now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If you live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If you live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? Let's not just be hearers of the Word. Let's be doers of the Word. We have to, we have to put our faith into who we are and, and walk that out. Let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Most people assume automatically that walking in the Spirit is just to deny the flesh. Uh, it, it's so much more than that. It's really where do you put your focus? You know, to be spiritually minded is life. It's just to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. If you put all of your focus on just rejecting what's in the flesh, the bad things, you know, foul thoughts, then you're always, it, it, what you're exercising is willpower. I don't want to do that. I'm just going to, I'm going to buckle down, do the right thing now. And you're just, you're relying on your, um, your self-will, your self-strength, if you will. What we need to do is, is set our minds on things above. Our focus has to be on what God is saying, what he's doing. Remember I said we, we're constantly moving? You know, when you sit still, you get picked off. Paul said this one thing I do, I press on to the mark, the high calling of God. We have to be constantly moving toward God. We have to be constantly saying, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What are you doing? I want to draw near to you. We have to be constantly moving toward the Lord. Turn to Romans 8, verse 5. Romans 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. What you're thinking about will tell you whether you're in the flesh or the Spirit. Where does your mind go all the time? What, where, you know, the, you, you know, what captivates you? What, uh, what fascinates you? Are we fascinated with the beauty realm of God? Do we want to seek after the things above? Is our desire more for heaven <clears throat> and, and for what God wants to do in our lives? Or do we get caught up sometimes, and, and I think it happens a lot in boredom, you know, somewhere along the lines, we get bored, and then we start down these paths that open us up to 
the negative things that Satan wants to use actually to destroy your life. Make no mistake about it. The devil comes to rob, to kill, and destroy. He works through the operation of the flesh. We just read, you know, what <clears throat> the fruit of the spirit and the works of the flesh back in Galatians. And um, it all comes from a seed, right? And it, it's what, what do you allow to grow and manifest in your life that, that comes out? Is it, is it the works of the flesh, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, and the list goes on and on? Or is, what, is what's coming out of your life, again, it comes from a seed. Is it love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, faith? You know, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not the natural things, but it's, um, it's joy. Just blanked on the sister. Joy in, uh, in the Holy Spirit. And um, so that's where we need to park ourselves. That's where we need to be. So Romans 8, 5 is what do you set your mind on? This is so important as we move forward want to move forward in the Lord is where are we setting our affections, our mind? What are we allowing ourselves to think about? Um, if you d desire, now here's the thing. If you desire to break sin's dominion over, some of us have certain besetting sins in our lives that keep cropping up. And I, I know that, you know, many times when that happens, and it's happened to me, you go to the Lord and say, God, forgive me. I'm, I'm never going to do that again. And you set yourself. But is that you're just setting your will <laughs> to not do something. And, and I'm in, in, in my self-strength, I'm not going to go there anymore. That's not going to deliver you from sin's dominion. You know, it's only by the spirit that you're going to be set free. Uh, you need to start walking in the spirit. And in order to do that, you've got to focus on the things of God. you got to start to fill your heart with the word of God, constantly speaking the word of God over yourself, singing uh, to the Lord psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What do you fill your life with? What is, you know, take an inventory sometimes of your day. What, do you, what does your day consist? What do you fill yourself with? Even if you have a devotional life where, you know, I get up in the morning and I pray and I read and then I go about the rest of my day. But the rest of your day is filled with things that are really no different than people in the world. Like, I recognize we all go to work. We all have, you know, jobs to do and things you have to take care of. But much of the rest of the time, you know, what are you filling your, your, your soulish realm with? Are you filling it with the things of God? Are you allowing your mind to be transformed? Are you just constantly playing, you know, put the Bible on audio in the background so that you're hearing, even while you're doing your, your daily routine, you're just hearing the Bible over and over again. Um, these are the kind of things that set an atmosphere around us. And if we really want to be transformed, we need to, to seek God. You know, the Bible says that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's not a rewarder of those who casually seek him. Diligence is 
a focus of attention and a purpose. Like, no, I'm going after this. Like, it's putting other things aside and saying, no, I can't right now. I have to go after this thing. I have to be diligent about getting this done. I'm sorry, I can't hang out with you right now. I have to get something done. You know, it's turning from other things to go after what needs to be done. It's being diligent to get something. He says, the Bible says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If we're struggling, and this is where the double-mindedness comes. We struggle because, you know, we do our little devotion, you know, we have our prayer life, but then in other areas, we allow the input of other things to fill our hearts and fill our minds, and it actually begins to draw us away so that we become prey to the enemy. Isaiah 26.3 says, I'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. If your mind is stayed on things of the flesh, you cannot please God, nor will you be able to, to fight in, in those times. You know, he says he'll keep us in perfect peace. So if, you're, if, you, if we lack peace, it's a symptom. You know, if, uh, if something hurts in your body, you may go to the doctor and say, I have a pain in my knee, I have a pain in my shoulder, or whatever. It's a symptom. I'm not sure what's going on. Let's take x-rays. Let, let's find out. The pain is not telling you what's wrong. It's telling you there's something wrong, and then you, you go and you try to find out. Well, if you lack peace, that's a symptom. And you need to say, why do I lack peace? Why am I in anxiety all the time? Why am I in worry? Why, am I, why are these other things happening? That's just a symptom. So you need to, to go to Dr. Jesus. Go to the Holy Spirit. Say, Father, you said in your word that, I, that you, you give me peace. And help me to get to this root. Why, why do I not have peace? And most often, it's because deep inside you're believing something that's not true. It may appear true. You know, it may be a negative report from the doctor, you have cancer, or a loved one has cancer, or whatever, but your peace is robbed because you're not, you, you don't believe that God is able to come and heal that thing, or meet your financial need, or meet your need for, what, you know, loneliness or something, There's, that God has an answer to that. We, we let our peace get robbed because we believe the situation is not going to change, and it's going to be this negative report. We need to choose to trust the Lord. Romans, turn with me to Romans 6. Whatever your mind is focused on determines whether you're in the flesh or not. It, it's really that simple. What do you keep your mind focused on? Romans 8, 6 says, to be carnally minded is death. You know, to be carnally minded isn't just to be sinfully minded. Carnal, to be carnally minded is to be just five sense oriented. The things I see, the things I hear, the things I smell, the things I can touch. It's all of the five senses. If I just live in the five sense realm, you know, what I hear, what someone just spoke to me, what I see, you know, on the news, what I see, what I hear, what I can taste, what I can touch, 
if that's where I live, if that's where, I, if that's, that's all my information, it's going to lead to death. Let's keep reading Romans 8, 6 through 8. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal minded is enmity with God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So this isn't just quality time. It's both quantity and quality. We have to spend quality time with God, but it's also quantity. Like, what is the majority of your time spent focused on? You're over, you overcome by being mindful of what God's word says about you. Ruth, when she was going into the hospital, if, I'm not sure how many picked it up in the testimony. It was in the early part. Her first child, Ethan, was born in just a very ordinary time, not a COVID time, but she had a traumatic delivery. She lost a lot of blood and was near death. And so going into the second child, um, she received the word. <clears throat> Your first child was born in ordinary times, but it was extraordinary. And, you know, you were saved. <laughs> you survived through it. This one is, this child, the next child is going to be born. It's an extraordinary time, but it's going to be very ordinary. She held on to that word of encouragement in the face of, you know, like a husband can't be there. People are worried about being infected. It's just, it, it, it's a, a horrible time. And she, she stood on that word. She was being spiritually minded. She took the word of the Lord, that word from Gideon, that she would, she would be courageous and she wouldn't die. And she went forward because her experience from the first time was different. How many of us can just like, we have to flush our experience and say, God, I'm going to stand on what you're saying. I'm going to stand on what you're saying. See, John 6, 6 63 says, it, it's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. We need to allow the word of God to transform us. To see the results... To see God's word really take root in our lives, we need to apply it and stand fast. And I, I think part of it is a lot of us don't like to, we don't like conflict. You know, we try something. If it's not easy, we just give up. The, the Bible says that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You know, when, you're, when we're contending for the promises of God, we have to stand fast and believe God and, and not believe the circumstances. You know, Israel, a whole generation passed away in, a de in the desert, it says. They wandered in the wilderness for another 40 years because of what they believed. What was that? They believed the report of 10 spies who came back and said, we can't do this. There's giants in the land. We look like grasshoppers. It'll never happen. And it says their words took the courage out of the people of Israel. 
and they, and they wanted to kill Moses. Like, what's wrong? You brought us here, and 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 they died in the wilderness. Two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, gave a, a different report. They said, "Yeah, the land's good, and we're well able to take it." You know, there's our God is able. Yeah, there's giants in the land. They didn't say, "No, there's not giants." They both said they were giants, but one said, but we got them. <laughs> if God is for us, we can take them down. Here's the thing. There was opposition. When you decide to stand on the word of God and go for it, you're going to face opposition. And the question is, will you do battle? Or will you just run away and cower? Say, God, <laughs> I, didn't, I don't want anything that's hard. <laughs> I, I, listen. Sometimes things are going to be challenging, and you have to rise up. You know, if uh, the Bible says that if, if, you, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. You know, we need to build ourselves up in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, reading our word, and so that we can stand in the day of adversity. And that's where you get the victory. Listen, David wouldn't have been hailed as a great warrior if Goliath was this midget of a man. When he slayed them, right? I mean, he he became the great warrior because he took down the guy who was challenging all the armies of Israel, and they were quaking. But David believed God that I don't care how big you are, you know, my God is well able to do this to take you down. If you mind the things of the flesh, you'll be after the flesh. The physical realm will dominate you. You will not be able to please God or experience the victory that's available to you. In order to release God's power in your life, you must overcome the flesh by continually focusing your mind on what you have in the spirit. We need to train ourselves by the word of God and follow the Holy Spirit. We say, God, you know, show me, help me to, help me to, See things as you see them. You know, if you're in a doctor's office and he gives you a negative report, don't just receive it. <laughs> say, okay, that's what you say. But God says, by his stripes I was healed. And we war with the word of God. Turn with me to Revelations chapter 2. Beginning at verse 12, this is uh, to the church. Uh, John received the revelation, and these were letters he was writing to each of the churches in, in Asia Minor. And to the church, to the angel of the church of Pergamos, he wrote, These things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name. And you did not deny my faith in the days in which Antipas my, was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. So this is a church that's living in the midst of persecution and even martyrdom. But they held fast to the faith. They didn't deny them. But, but he said, but the Lord says, but I have a few things against you because you have those who hold to the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. 
Thus you also have those who hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which things I hate. Repent, or else I will come quickly, and I will fight against them with my, the sword of my mouth. So I find this interesting, but I have a few things against you because you have those who hold to the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel. Now, how many know who Balaam is? Israel is coming out of Egypt. They've crossed the Jordan miraculously. Uh, they're, they're going up against uh, the Midianites in Jericho. The king of Midian is Balak. He's petrified. He's seen the whole army of Egypt slaughtered. He's seen the, the seas part. Israel crosses over, and fear has gripped his heart. So he says, I know what I'll do. I'll call for this guy who's a prophet of God, and I'll say, tell him, curse Israel. I'll pay him a great sum of money. And so I'm going to give you the short version of the story. Balaam is this prophet. He comes. He doesn't, you know, God says, don't go. Uh, but ba Balak keeps sending other people. Give him, tell him, I'll give him even more money. I'll bless him beyond his socks. He'll just, whatever he wants. And Balaam, instead of hearing the word of the Lord and don't go, keeps questioning God. Well, God, there's a lot of money involved here. Maybe it'd be okay. What do you, let's, let's reconsider this. And um, that Balaam should never have done that. God spoke to him, but Balaam allowed the greed that was in his heart to influence him. And so he says, well, maybe I didn't hear God quite rightly, and he, but he goes. And he goes to, and he says to the king, uh, Balak, I, I can only speak what God tells me to speak. And he says, whatever, just curse them. And instead he speaks a blessing. And he does this three times. And um, each time, Balaam ends up blessing Israel. This is the real short version. Balak's very disappointed, and he's mad at him, but it is what it is. But here's the thing. What does ba Balaam tells the king, tells King Balak one way that the blessing of God could be lifted off of Israel? What do you think he tells him? If they sin against their God, if they turn their backs on what God says, then his protection will be lifted off of them. And he says, and he counsels them to send women amongst them to entice Israel into worshiping other gods and into sexual immorality. I want to say, and this clearly, when we read what are the, the fruits, what's the works of the flesh, the first two are adultery and fornication. Jesus said, if you lust in your heart after somebody, you've committed adultery in your heart. And so when we live in the spirit, it's, it's not just an outward act. It's like where you allow your mind to go. The enemy today works no differently. He wants, you are born again. You're saved. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. But he wants to short-circuit the plan of God in your life. 
He can't do it by cursing you because you can't curse what God has blessed. You can't curse what God has blessed. So he's a deceiver, and he looks for ways to find an inroad to get you out of the covenant. And so sexual immorality is rampant in our generation, in our nation, and if I dare say, in the church. What is sexual immorality? Sexual immorality is any sexual relationship outside the context of the covenant of marriage. Let me even be more clear. God created them in, in the Genesis. He created male and female. In his image, he created them. He said it's not good for man to be alone. So he created, he took from man's rib and created woman and said the two shall be one. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother, and the two shall be joined as one. And that was the covenant. Any sexual relationship outside of that covenant, whether it's same gender, whether it's uh, heterosexual, outside the covenant, it doesn't matter. It all falls under the category of sexual immorality. And it is sort of the first two works of the flesh, adultery and fornication. The enemy is trying to take out people in the church. We've seen it. I've seen it in history. You've seen it with, um, you know, whether it's David or Solomon or, or throughout, and you see it in church history, and you see it in current events. It's the plan of Satan. If he can't, you know, take you out because he can't curse you, There'll be a temptation to try to take you out in other ways. And this is a work of the flesh. The only way to overcome this is to stay in the spirit. That means what are you filling your mind with? Because in our idle moments, in our boredom, we, we allow our minds to go in places that will lead us down paths into sexual immorality. Whether you actually act out on it or you do it in the privacy of your home, it, it's, it's, it's a negative path. It's meant to do one thing, to rob, to kill, and to destroy. That's Satan's agenda. If he can't do it by outwork, outrightly having you cursed, which he can't, he, he, he wants you to turn your back on the covenant. Now, the way we overcome is by pressing on. Listen, wherever, wherever you're at today, I want to tell you there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We live under grace. But Paul said, do I continue in sin that, that his grace may abound? What was Paul's answer? God forbid. <laughs> like we have to recognize the works of the flesh for what they are. And we need to turn away from them. And listen, you need to... Use every tool at your disposal to turn away from this. Um, the Bible says to flee uh, youthful lust. Run away from it. Don't battle, like don't stand and fight it. Run away as if your life depended on it. The best example of that was Joseph. Uh, <clears throat> Potiphar's wife tried all she could to seduce him, even pulled his robe off of him. And, uh, and he ran out of the house, ran out naked. 
and, uh, but he ran. Your life depends on it that you run away. Um, <clears throat> within the church, th th we have an issue with pornography. It's a temptation that's out there. I think it's a temptation for both men and women. I'm more familiar with the temptation for men, but I understand it goes across the board. And it's, it, 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 it's, it, it rises up when you're in this place of boredom, when you're alone and you're just trying to fill your, your mind. And instead of filling your mind with the things of God, turning on some scriptures and just really just trying to seek the Lord, we allow the flesh to draw us away. It's a killer and it's meant to, to destroy us. That's why... Uh, in, in the letter to Pergamos, he specifically says, you have the, <clears throat> they hold to the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things, sacrifice idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Revelations 2.20 a letter to one of the other churches is, nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. It's got, we're moving into a time when God is about to, to, to do a great awakening. I mean, I, I think there's great stress coming up on the nation and across the world. And actually, that's when the church actually rises up and into its greatest out. None of us like it. I don't want stress. I don't want challenge. Really don't. But I also, <laughs> I also recognize that the church thrives in the midst of it. And God wants you to rise up in the fullness of your identity as a son or a daughter. And in order to do that, we have to not allow, we have to make no provision for the flesh. That's, it's just as simple as that. We have to make no provision for the flesh. Now, if you have an issue with pornography, you need to, there's apps you can download. One of them is Covenant Eyes, highly recommended. Maybe everybody should take out your phones right now and download it. <laughs> you know, Mike Bickle, actually, we were in a, a One Thing conference, said everyone take out your phones right now, and he commanded everybody. <laughs> Download it now because it's so rampant and so prevalent that, um, you know, you just, you can't leave yourself out there to be picked off. And having a thing like an app on your phone with other people, accountability friends who get an email saying, you know, what screenshots have shown up, et cetera, and they can say, hey, how's it going? I noticed X, Y, Z. I recognize that that's an outward thing, and we really want the Holy Spirit. But as you're on the journey, use every tool you can because the devil wants to destroy your life. And what we really want is spirit control on the inside, leading us from glory to glory. But along the way, don't allow the stupid stuff to keep tripping you up and think falsely that you're strong enough to resist, not me. He'll run you over in all of your self-will and ability. He'll run you right over. So...
Amen. I hope this was encouraging. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Let's stand. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Listen, God has decided that he's going to bring his church from glory to glory. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And he, you're not disqualified. He's not finished with you yet. He who has begun a good work in you said he will perform it until he comes back. He, he is so in love with you. He's more in love with you than you are with him. And he's just, he's looking for lovesick worshipers that just want him. If you ask the Lord, you said, God, increase, this is, everyone close your eyes right now. Lord, increase our desire for you. Lord, you said in the, in, the, in the Song of Solomon, the Song of Songs, you said, draw me to you that I might run with you. God, I pray right now. I pray for myself. I pray for all those here. Everyone pray in agreement with me. Just say, Lord, draw me to you that I might run with you. God, I have no strength in myself, but by your grace, draw me to you that I might run with you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, do what only you can do. God, increase our desire for righteousness. God, you said you would bless those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, that they would be filled. God, I pray right now, increase hunger in each of us. Increase the hunger and the thirst for righteousness. God, that we want you more than our daily bread. We want you more than our, our, our next paycheck, God, that you are our all in all. God, make us hungry. Let us not be satisfied with other things. Let us not allow other things to take the place of you. No more junk food. God, that we would eat the pure milk of the word, that we would dig deep and grow, Father, that we may even be able to chew on the meat of your word, that we would taste of the the things of the world to come to be fully enlightened full of your wisdom and revelation God draw us because we can't do it on our own draw us God to you Amen
God, we thank you that you are the, the Lord, the God of, of resurrection. You ref, refuse to leave us dead in our sins. But you sent your only begotten son. To live a life that we couldn't live. To be beaten, tortured, and crucified. That his shed blood would wash away all of our sins. He became the sin offering that we might have life that we might receive his righteousness. But not only did he die for us, but on the third day, he rose again. And the same resurrection power that you placed in Christ Jesus now lives and resides in us. It's Christ in us, the very hope of glory. God, I thank you that we're not relegated, we're not delegated, we're not stuck away, unable, without power to do anything, but that Christ Jesus did it all and freely gave to us the gift of righteousness and that you come and you live and dwell in us. Think about it. It's Christ in you. The very resurrected Christ lives inside of you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You have to start to believe it. You have to start to step into it. You got to talk to yourself. This is life in the spirit. We have to recognize who we are to God. We are his sons. You're his daughters. You've been bought with a price. You belong to him. Thank you, Lord. If there's anybody who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, just lift up your hand. If you want to receive Christ as Savior, if, you, if that's you, raise your hand and we'll have someone come and pray with you. Thank you, Lord. 
you, if you, if you're already born again, but you're not walking in the fullness of what God intended for you, you keep getting trapped in areas of the flesh, and you don't have to, we don't have to ask, you don't have to say what it is, but if you keep getting trapped in areas of the flesh, we want to pray with you. We want to pray that his, that he strengthens you by, with might by his spirit in your inner man, that you by His grace, begin to turn away from the things that want to destroy your life and begin to fill yourself with more of God. If that's you, just there's no condemnation. We just want to see you free. If you want someone to pray with you, just slip your hand up and no 